this is the Fearless Fathers Podcast, a podcast for you, the fathers who suffer in silence every single day. Come with us as we hit those main topics that are just burning through your soul. It's going to get uncomfortable, it's going to be fun, and together we will become fearless. Hello, our fearless family. I want to thank you guys again for tuning in to another interview Thursday here on the Fearless Fathers Podcast. You know it. You love it. I'm your host, Davo. And on the mic with me today, I have two very special guests. Now, the last time we had two guests on an interview, my computer shit the bed. We lost everything. And somebody carried the team for me. We have that person right here in studio. Well, I say studio remotely today on the mic. Ryan, say what's up to the family. I'm pretty sure because I did the last interview, I'm the host now. Oh, is that is that how that's going to work? That's the, uh, you keep what you kill. It's Riddick <laughs> Walsh. Yeah. Touche. I approve of that. But nobody knows who you are. No, <laughs> nobody does. Don't say your name. <laughs> Unless you found the one picture of me on the website. <laughs> uh, yeah. The website. Hooray. Plug out to Matt Rafino for doing that again, as always. And with us today on the mic, we're going to be sharing the questions. We have 28-year-old Chris Castillo from hey, Northeast guys. Pennsylvania. Say what's up, Chris. What's up? Chris has a fiance and a 19-month-old son, so he is willing to share his knowledge, share his experiences. He is in the music world now, releasing fire music out there. We're going to dig all into that and more here today on the Fearless Fathers podcast. So just to kick off, as always, Chris, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and uh, what it is you do? Thanks, Dave. Uh, My name is Chris Castillo. I'm 28 years old. I have a fiance named Valerie and a 19-month-old son named Leo. I'm a full-time dad, musician, and recently started working on the road in the field of commercial construction. That sounds amazing. Commercial. So you're doing like all the office buildings and all that? Yeah. That so locally, yeah. locally right now, uh, we just remodeled an insurance office. On the road, uh, the jobs are installing commercial kitchen equipment you know, setting up food courts and things like that at various universities and commercial buildings throughout the United States. Oh, wow. That's cool. So do you stay like pretty local or do you go all over the place then for that? So I just started this a few weeks ago, actually. And um, we've had some bumps in the road with the pandemic that we're going sure. through right now Yeah. in terms of jobs and locations. Uh, the first job I did was at Olivet Nazareth University in okay. uh, Chicago. Oh, wow. Okay. And, you know, things are up in the air right now. I'm not quite sure where I'm going next, but I'm hoping to find out this weekend. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So there we go. Chris kills it out there, man. He's going out there. He's doing the music thing. We're going to touch a little bit on that too later in the episode. Construction work, traveling out, doing his thing with his fiance, his 19-month-old son. We're going to hit it. It's fearless father time. Let's do this. Chris, burning question on everybody's mind. What's the funniest thing Leo did recently? Oh, uh, this was tough. Um, <laughs> he does hilarious things that blow my mind every single day. But I have to say that he's really into nursery rhymes, obviously. Mm-hmm. One that really sticks with him is Old McDonald. So we recently started taking him to Hillside Farms in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. you know, he can't even speak full sentences yet. Yet, when we were at the farm, he's singing, you know, E I E I O. Like he knew where he was and like 
what song to relate to that moment. And it was just hilarious. Yo, that is, that is crazy. Like when you think about that kind of stuff, how they could just relate just that, just that simple stuff to where they're at. And I mean, that, that's absolutely awesome. Yeah, man. Especially at such a young age, like, like, you know, he's not going to remember a lot of these times, you know, when he's older yet, like he's so aware in the moment and he does know, and he does remember just based off watching a video or hearing a song to be in an environment and be like, Oh yeah, I'm at the farm right now. (laughs) Let me, let me E I E I O this and start (laughs) spin kicking here while the ducks are going at it. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. That's amazing. All right, Chris, walk us through the emotions that you were feeling when you found out you were going to you were going to be a father and right after Leo was born as well. Oh, well, obviously, I was pretty nervous. It's a huge moment in anybody's life to hear that they're having a child with the nerves. There was a lot of excitement. I saw the challenge ahead of me in terms of becoming a father, bettering myself, you know, by becoming a father and the things I wanted to do as a father in terms of, you know, my approach, um, how I am in my day-to-day life with not only my child, but also with my fiance. So overall, I was very excited. It's not something that we had planned for. We had conversations throughout years of dating as to you know, how would things be if we were to have a child? You know, what would we be like? How we conduct our lives? And so mentally, we were prepared. Physically, we weren't so prepared. Um, (laughs) Nobody is, man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But definitely more excitement than than fear. Oh, that's that's amazing. Everybody reacts to it differently. I just have a funny little anecdotal story. Uh, when my wife told me what she ended up doing was um, she put her propped her phone up on the TV and like had her mom and her sister on FaceTime and um, to see how I react. And I'm coming in from like a ridiculously long day. And I was a traveling technician at the time. So I was off all over the place. And I'd been in Western Pennsylvania that day. So I just drove three hours home. And she's like, hey, I got something to show you. And I'm just sarcastically said, well, it better not be anything you peed on. Because I kind of knew. <laughs> and there's her mom and her sister uh, on the phone. We're like, Ryan! <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Oh, that's great. We all prepare for that moment in our heads before it happens. I I, I like to think. You can only prepare so much. Um, and I know how I felt once Kevin, my son, was born. I was instantly in love with this human being. Yes. But I did not know where to go from there. How, how did How did you feel? Similar in a sense of being like, okay, you plan and you think of like what it's going to be like and how it's going to be. And then it happens and it's kind of totally different. You're like, oh, actually, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) you know, we've been at the hospital and then, you know, when they when they release you, it's like, okay, now you put your baby in a car seat and you drive it home. I was like, here you go. Good luck. Like there's not actually a stork that delivers the baby to our house. Like (laughs) I have to put my newborn baby in a car seat and drive a half hour to my house. Like I, that's not even something that crossed my mind at all throughout the entire nine month process was getting the baby home. And that scared the crap out of me. 
I was like, I can't control anybody else on the road. Like, what if somebody like, you know, rear ends me or cuts me off and like, I can't speed. Like, what if I get pulled over? And I was just like, wow, like, this is crazy. And then, you know, I was like, okay. When I really realized that I didn't know what I was doing was when I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to have to change a poop diaper. I know it's coming, but like, (laughs) you know, we just got home and I'm sure it'll be a little bit. And then four o'clock in the morning came and there was the first poop diaper. And the first one's weird. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe I don't know what I'm doing, but I just went with it and just did it. Yep. I didn't see it as a choice. Yep. Yep. Like that instinct just took over and you just yeah. ran with it. I love it. I Absolutely. love it. I remember my wife coming home from the hospital and she sat in the back seat the entire time petrified as I'm sitting there driving white knuckling. So I know exactly what you mean when it comes to that. Dave, we still had that um that Nissan, that little Nissan cube. Oh Jesus. Yeah, that's what we drove home in from from Paoli. <laughs> It's like a car the size of a toaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's so tiny. You figure it out. Really fast. You yeah, yeah. You, you have yeah. to. It's, it's yeah. the fatherly instinct. It just immediately snaps into place and that's it. You're just you know, like, all right. And then you can wrap your head around it. It's like you, I don't want to say awaken a set of instincts, but it's that's kind of, kind of the only that's, way I can That's exactly what it. it runs out to. Yeah. It is. There's so many things on a day-to-day basis that you can try to think about preparing for that happened and then you're like i was not prepared for that Mm-mm. you know nope so chris when you're looking at your childhood do you think that that set you up more to be a better father in the long run and what's one thing in your childhood that really sticks out that that fit your parenting style growing up we had to work really hard uh there was always a lot of work to do around the house so you know my brother and i you know i have a sister as well but we were you know always working on something you know always helping my dad build something, clean something, do something around the house. So, you know, the work ethic that I was able to take from my childhood, I think does reflect a lot now because I do look at being a dad as a full-time job. Yes, I'm employed. Yes, I have other obligations. I put being a dad over any regular job, any hobby, over anything that I want to do. I look at it as a job. Work ethic wise, you know, I work super hard. I try to be the best worker in the room in any job that I do. And, you know, that's something that I knew before Leo was born was that I needed to work hard every day at this new job that I had of being a dad and look at it that way and drive myself to not fail at that job. I love that. I love that. And I want to, I want to recap a little bit on what you said there. And you said exactly what I think Ryan and I say all the time, but just in a different sense, it's a new job long gone. And I made this quote before long gone are the days of the Don Drapers going out, working all day, coming home and expecting dinner on the table and a beer cracked open, ready to rock and roll for them. Yeah. It's something new out there where dads today we're going out and it's a new job. You know, you signed up and you said, yeah, I'm ready to rock this. And You see it more and more now where these dads are fully embracing the parenthood lifestyle and willing to take more of the responsibility and seeing things from their from their childhood, like the strong work ethic and just what it means to them and instilling that in not only themselves, but in their child and making it better in the long run at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Me and my fiance, we don't really we never really had tasks, you know. Uh, since right. Leo's been born, nothing is, you know, I did this, 
so you should do this, or I did that yesterday, so I shouldn't have to do it today. It's very fluid. It's been very fluid from the start. And we love that. We're proud of that. We're proud of the fact that there's no animosity, you know, for me working, you know, on the road and her having to be at home sometimes with the baby now because we built, you know, a foundation for ourselves in the last 19 months to be like, you know, we're both working really hard at this Mm -hmm. and we both are giving our all. And, you know, so there's no reason to, you know, have any unwarranted, you know, drama between us by, you know, simple things. Tasks around the house, they're always going to be there. Dishes, laundry, you know, cleaning, like that stuff is never going to go away (laughs) ever. So like, you know, we have to hold it together and be strong for Leo in a sense that it's a full-time job for both of us. And we both respect each other and we both work super hard at it. It's really nice. And that's absolutely it too. It's 50-50 split. It's the 80-20 when one is down and then the other one could swap when it's happening. And what it also does too that I've started noticing is it builds that teamwork for your child to learn like, this is what a relationship's supposed to be. This is how things are supposed to happen. Me and my wife have a similar thing. You know, it's not, oh, you're you're responsible for this day, this day, this day to feed them, bathe them and all this stuff. And I'm going to do that. No, it's, you know, we pick up, we go. When one is down, the other one picks up the slack and vice versa because you know it's going to be there when you need it. Right. The only time I'll ever say anything is when I want to joke with her and then she throws a bottle at me. But hey, you know. <laughs> We live and we learn, but yeah, man, you know, diapers just need to be changed. It doesn't matter who's doing the changing. It's just got to be changed. There's no time schedule for when that baby's going to need a diaper change. So just being able to pick it up and go is, is the absolute thing. Exactly. 100%. I love this next question. I love it so much. I think it's hit in every single interview we've done so far. And we've always gotten some of the best responses out of this. So, Chris, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready to dig deep here, brother. Oh, I'm ready. Outstanding. All right. So take us through a time that was your biggest mistake that you made as a father or what you would consider as your failure as a father. And how did you overcome that? Yeah. So this question was really hard because, well, as I said, like pre-interview, you know, I don't want to sound like an asshole in some of the things I say, but I don't really feel like physically I've made many mistakes. I do feel like my biggest mistake recently was in my thinking. And that was when I started on the road with this new job, I was all gung ho, like, you know, we got this, we're strong, like everything's going to be great, like doing it for all the right reasons. And, you know, when I come home, you know, I have this picture and this image in my head of how Leo's just going to run up to me and miss me so much and love on me so hard. But it was actually the complete opposite of that. I was very overwhelmed because he didn't seem interested in me like I thought he would. You know, we played here and there, you know, in the initial, you know, day that I was coming back. But, you know, he was distant in a sense, you know, in a sense of like, you were gone and now you're here and you just want to play and be in my face. Like, no, like you have to earn that back. And I did not expect that at all. I just pictured him being like, dad, you know, running up to me and, oh, and I was just so let down um, by like expecting something. And that's why I think it's something to take away from this interview is that like, 
you can't pre-plan for anything. Like you have to expect the unexpected because if you think things are going to be a certain way, sometimes they're probably not going to be that way. And it might really like mess up your mentality for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, oh no, I absolutely agree a hundred percent with you. And I think, I think that's the trap that a lot of us dads get into especially the new dads, you know, when the kid's just born or in that first two years of life, or as I like to say, the new dad age is that zero to four years. We try and plan for everything that's going to happen. And that's just who we are as men, as nature is we try and plan. We try and think of different ways and different things that are going to happen. And like Chris said, you know, he was on the road, he was working, he had this, I'm going to come home and Leo's just going to run into my arms and we're going to play. And everything's going to be just like it was before I walked out the door. Come to find out as soon as he walks in the door, Leo's looking. I'm like, bro, where the hell you think? I, where, where have you been? And now now you want to do this? No, that's not how this works. You got you to work back into it. And what I see a lot of people do, and I'm actually kind of glad you answered that that way because I see this all the time. Dads are just like, oh, well, my kid hates me. They don't know me. I, I'm, I'm a failure. And, and they start getting into that negative trap of, well, he doesn't know me. I, do, you know, I'm doing this job now. It's a failure, and it, it just builds more negativity and negativity to the fact where it could lead. To, I'm not going to say it will, but to where it could lead to a more negative mindset and potential anxiety and all this other stuff that could attribute to something that you had planned that you didn't expect. Yeah, I would say I definitely fell straight into that trap in that situation. I said those exact things. He doesn't remember me. I'm a failure. I made the wrong decision. You know, why did I do this? You know, I had to remind myself the first 19 months mm -hmm. and how much I was involved and the love that I've shown to my son and, you know, the fact that whether he knows it consciously or subconsciously, I'm there for him no matter what. It was definitely really hard for me to get over that for the first few hours of my first day back off the job. Right. I just wanted to go back to old ways, you know, of, you know, not having self-esteem, not having confidence, things that I felt before I found out and had a child, you know, about myself, you know, lacking confidence and not feeling good. Um, things that changed when I had a child because I felt that, I needed to improve those things for myself for the betterment of Leo. So I found myself feeling like I could easily fall into that trap and I had to snap out of it quick and jump to the floor and play and run around and act like I wasn't phased by that for him because he doesn't really know. It is a change right. for him. It is an adjustment. And as many awesome things that he does, he is still not even two years old. So I have to right. understand that in the moment sometimes, especially, like I said, when you expect something and then something totally different happens, kind of brings you back to the fact that like, oh, they are still like a little baby. You know, you look at them, sometimes it's your child and it's like, wow, he's so grown, like he's so smart, but it's like, they are still a baby. They're fragile. They need you. They are so yeah. lost in the world without you for their every move sometimes that like you just have to understand that and just go with the flow and be able to move on from a situation like that and get through the rest of the day.
that that's it. Mindset is everything. You know, like you said, I always had big issues with my self-esteem and my confidence, and it's so easy to fall out of that when you're building that positivity and that self-esteem and that confidence. It is so easy to bring yourself back down to where you were because that's where you're comfortable. That's what you're used to, and you know how to handle those situations. Guys, take what Chris said. Take those notes. He saw his self-esteem and his confidence dwindle that he knew he had to build. And what did he do? Instead of cowering back to his old ways and going back into that that safe space that Chris knew, he embraced it. And he said, okay, I know he's barely, he's not even two years old yet. This is something I need to work on. This is something I'm going to continue to push to show my son and to grow and to become better. So just remember that when you're when you feel those moments where you feel like you might be a failure, Take a step back and know you're doing everything right. You're doing exactly what you need to do. Chris, I really resonated with what you said because I have fallen into that exact trap before. Um, as you know, me and Dave, we're, we're in the military together. And I think he was about the age your son was, well, is currently um, when this happened. I went and spent about a month in Virginia on a training event. Came home, middle of the day, we were 40 in town gap. And my wife drove him up there to see us before we were dismissed. And um, the first thing I did was run over to the car and sweep him up out of his car seat, throw a little hat and his jacket on and run him over to the guys because everyone wanted to see him. I got about halfway across the uh, the motor pool uh, and I looked over at him and he was looking at me like, who the hell are you? Yeah. Yeah. And yep. it was it was brutal. It was rough. And I wish I had the level of wherewithal where you had it at that moment. To be like, all right, take a step back. You've been away for exactly one twentieth of his life at this point in time, so he probably, you know, you're not part of his routine anymore. But it was, it was, it was really tough. It was incredibly devastating. It took, uh, it took like a good week before he, you know, he got used to just being around me again. And I now look back on that as an excellent learning experience. And well, he goes with me everywhere. Now. <laughs> well, not not recently, <laughs> but uh, I, I told myself I'd never never do that again to him. And now when I come home from work, it's all hey, you know, hey, it's dad. And he comes running over, and it's great. Yeah. Um, and as he as they get older, they tend they tend to do that. Um, well, I, I think I came in yesterday from work, and he just he's like, it's dad. He spins around and hucks a block right at me. Um, <laughs> Gets you ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dave has this question a couple couple rows down, but I'm going to ask it now because I think all oh, it's uh, pertinent now. Have you have you learned from more from your failures or your successes uh, from being a father? And what what's one that sticks out to you? Obviously, that example I just gave you sticks out to me, and obviously, I learned a lot from that failure. But like, I, I definitely want to hear what you have to say because you have a really interesting um, uh, view on how this all works. Yeah. So, in terms of failures and successes. I don't feel that I've really had failures. You know, I've, I've hit his head on the wall a couple times. I've over my foot a couple times and fell on the ground. Like coming into being a father, I held myself to a very high standard of not failing or not doing things that make me feel like I'm a failure or failing. So in terms of failures, I don't feel like I've really had any, honestly. So I definitely take more from the successes every day and in growing my own confidence, my own self-esteem, you know, 
for my own self-image of, you know, seeing him be so smart, be so aware, be so active. You know, he sings and plays on his toy guitars and drums and we have a piano and he just loves it. He just goes so hard on it all the time. Like, I feel like I've taken more from the successes, the love that I've shown him every day, you know, the reminders to him that I'm his dad and that I'm there for him every day. The little things like taking a walk to the park or going to the store, obviously pre-pandemic, you know, yeah. little things, <laughs> little things that, you know, at the end, it's like, okay, we did that. We got through it. Those are the things that I take the most and build on every day because I want to continue to do those things. I want to continue to be there, to do fun things, to teach him things, to sing and laugh and dance right along with him every step of the way. Ultimately, I want fatherhood to be the most successful thing that I ever do in my life. And I just can't accept failure in any way. I love that. I Same. really do. That is an amazing outlook on the whole concept of fatherhood. Usually, you know, we, we come into these, we talk to the guy for a little bit, but that is... <laughs> That is actually something I'll, I'll take with me after this. So thank you, Chris. <laughs> but <laughs> You're welcome. That is a beautiful, simplistic, wonderful way to look at it. It's like, well, I don't really have any. Dave, you have anything else to say about that? I'm just genuinely, <laughs> yeah, I love that answer. <laughs> you hit it right on the head, Chris and Ryan both. Like That is probably one of the best answers we've ever gotten out of something like that. There's no failures when you're a father, right? It's all about being a fearless father. It's about saying failure is not an option. Success is all I know. Every step you take, you know, I have a bit of a different outlook. I, I'd say same outcome, but different outlook. Every step you take, you're doing the right thing for your kid. Even if there's something that takes a step back, you can readjust, reaffirm, and become better. Just motivate, accelerate, and dominate it. That's all you have to do. I, I mean, I don't have much more on that one, honestly. That was that that was some brilliant piece of audio. And I'll be taking <laughs> I'll be taking that at home with me too. Yeah, Thanks. don't be surprised Thanks, if you see guys. a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a mug. <laughs> Buy a mug. Oh, uh, yes. What's one thing that you'd love to do before Leo was born that you, you find yourself having a hard time doing right now? Spontaneous road trips. Yeah, that's a yeah, good one. Yeah. Definitely the biggest thing. Like, actually just happened a few days ago. I was like, we got to go to the beach, like, right now. Like, let's just get in the car. Let's just leave. We'll drive to the beach. We'll get there for the sunrise. It'll be beautiful, just like it was when we were so young, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, two hours of conversations and thinking and planning go by, and we don't have anything ready. We don't have, for ourselves, we don't have anything ready for Leo to take a road trip to the beach. And it was just like, yeah, we can't really do that like we used to yeah, yeah. this Damn is it. all sounded really familiar yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 man we have like uh we well we had for a while we, we don't we don't keep up with it on it anymore we had like a go bag like, yeah like a bug out bag but for your kid <laughs> and um we tried it once and it just did not work out he was in the car too long 
And like we got to the beach, we had the dogs with us. and It was really windy and the dogs were losing it and getting sand in their eyeballs and stuff. And it was just like by the time we left, got sunblock on him, got him down there, got the dogs settled. And I got like a line in the water. It was like five o'clock in the, in the evening. It was time to pack up and leave. <laughs> so, Chris, what would you say was like the wisest thing that you've ever heard and that's stuck with you and resonated with you the most? Um, well, I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan. I'm a big basketball fan. I take a lot of things for myself uh, from his work ethic. One thing that really sticks with me is that every negative is an opportunity to rise. So, you know, whether that's in your jobs, you know, your hobbies, sports, you know, or being a father, everything that comes at me, you know, whether it's good or bad, you know, I take the good for the good and the bad for the bad. Uh, anything bad, any situations that, you know, we come upon, it's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to get better. Hey, take every situation, no matter how good or how bad, and just dominate the living hell out of it, man. You know, it, it's easy. It's easy to be happy and to feel good when you're successful. But it really shows a lot when you could take all the crap that's being dealt at you and being blown your way and how you overcome that and how you say, you know what? This is just another challenge. This is a better challenge for me to grow and get better. Exactly. I'm loving the, I'm loving the energy. I'm loving what Chris is throwing out here, you guys. I'm hoping you're taking notes. So as we talked a bit in the beginning of the episode, Chris is a musician. He's been doing uh, music for, God, probably so long now in the uh, Pennsylvania scene. It seems like you've been doing music for probably forever, and most musicians would say that. Would you say that your drive to go deeper into music happened after Leo was born? Like, did you just have like an epiphany that says, I, I need to keep doing this? How did that happen? So I have been involved in music for a long time. The first time I performed in you know, my band or our band, you know, was 2007. Since then, that's been my focus. It's a place, music and, you know, going to shows, and that's a place where I always felt accepted. So it really resonated with me. So I was always very driven to try to figure out how do I put myself in a position to do what so many before me have done. Through the years, didn't always make the best decisions, didn't always make the smartest decisions. Things never broke. Fast forward to becoming a father. Just like any other job, you know, a career in music is attainable. It's not just about being an artist. There's so much behind the scenes work that you can do in terms of writing, producing, booking, you know, working at a venue. You know, there's so many things in the industry that are obtainable as jobs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. so my drive, I would say I would be lying if I said that I haven't thought about quitting at times along the way, um, looking at myself and being like, okay, like, you know, I just turned 28, you know, you know, I'm 27, I'm 26, you know, I'm getting old, you know, some people, you know, think you're beating a dead horse, you know, you just keep on going and, and keep on doing it. When Leo was born, he was just wiggling around and yeah. cooing and making noises, he was always drawn to the instruments, the guitars that were around. I, I bought him a little plastic ukulele before he was born. He has drum toys and a, and a keyboard and, a, you know, things like that, that he was just enamored by from day one. 
I mean, the first thing that he crawled to was his plastic guitar and he just picked it up and held it so naturally. And, you know, now he, God, he keeps a perfect beat like on his chest when he's like beating his hands along and he's singing songs and, you know, we play guitar together, you know, he'll come over and, you know, I'll show him, you know, like, Hey, this is where you, you know, this is what you do. You just strum, you know, and he's just fascinated by it all. So it's definitely driven me to dive a little bit deeper in a sense of like, if I do the right things, I can actually make this a career. I don't have to work a job where I'm unhappy. I'm you're working under a boss. You know, I could essentially build my own career, build my own legacy based on things that I love and things that I see my child loving already. He he can do whatever he wants to do in his life. Whatever makes him happy, I'm going to push him to go for that. But the fact that he's been so into music, I mean, I put on music on the speakers and he just dances. He just always has from such a young age. He's just vibed so hard on music that it has put me in a position to be like, well, yeah, I'm getting older. I still have the means to write good songs, put out good songs and try to build a name for myself in music. Being older, I look back and I'm like, well, you know, a lot of people hit it off when they're really young. Yeah. You know, some for some people it does happen overnight, but there are a lot of legendary artists that mm-hmm. didn't hit it until their late 20s, early 30s, you know, 40s. I would love to be able to show Leo that environment of music. You know, last year, our rock band, The Greater Victory, uh, we played a show on my birthday. Leo was seven months old and we took him to the show. We had like his soundproof headphones on and everything. Yep. Yeah. And he was right there watching me just like fascinated. I want him to be able to understand the unity that you can feel from a music scene, the friendship that you can build through music and the camaraderie that you can build with people through instruments. It's an amazing thing that brings people together all the time. And, you know, so to bring it back around, yeah, I'm definitely more driven now that I have Leo than I was before, but I'm just more driven to actually do it the right way and actually try to find obtainable success rather than just being like, I just want to play shows every weekend yeah. with my friends and <laughs> yeah. just get some beer money and call yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go back to the, go back to the barn and, and hang out all night. Yeah. Yeah. I um have this. Yeah. I, I don't want to call it a notion, but I, I feel like if a parent or more specifically a father is fulfilled in, in his career that, shows that your child that fulfillment is even possible um because I, i'm in the same boat as you right now i i just work a job I, the job pays the bill i'm sure yeah. you don't want to be a uh, construction guy your entire life unless you do and then that's great some people but i didn't want to make any assumptions so i do apologize for that. <laughs> yeah no it's okay I, I work in a nuclear power plant it's a job it gets me point a to point b it does it pays the bills, um, keeps a roof over our head, um, and it's a necessity. But 
I will stay podcasting to the day I die because it fulfills me on a daily basis. And it sounds like, you know, that analogy works the same for you with music. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Keep doing it. It's you sound extraordinarily passionate about it. Yeah, man. You know, so many people do it. That's the thing. Yep. It's like if you could make a legitimate living and support your family by doing a podcast, would you do the podcast or would you stick with the nuclear power plant? You know, if you could make, you know, let's just say similar money, you know, and be like confident enough to be like, yes, I can support my family by just doing my podcast. And then you just have the time to just solely focus on your podcast rather than being like, okay, I still have to work and pay the bills. You know, the podcast is still a side thing. You know, I understand that, but you know, maybe one day it could be something, Yeah, you know? That's exactly where we're at. Did Dave will tell you? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, a million percent. Um, yeah, that's yeah, a million yeah. percent. What's going on right now? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I took I took this construction job. My brother works for the same company, and he had mentioned, you know, hey, my boss is looking for a guy, and I said, absolutely, right on the spot, man. I yep. was like, you know, as much as I want to make a career in music, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, my first job my full-time job is as a dad so that comes along with everything else and i understand that i need to keep a roof over our head the bills need to be paid you know leo grows every day man he's growing out of his shoes and his clothes like he needs clothes you know i'm not there at a point where i'm making that kind of money in music to be able to not work a job i would like to ultimately you know, if that takes me another 10 years, it takes me another 10 years. I could write a song at 38 years old that resonates with people and blows up bigger than I ever would have thought. If I stop now, I would never get to that point of writing that song. But I'm also continuing to be smart and be mature and yep. focused and aware of what I have to do as a dad in order to support what I made. And that's my son and my family. And I think that's probably the biggest thing you could have said right there is the fact that this is something that could happen in 10 years. You said it earlier, you know, you and I talked off the air being in the local music scene. I I do the music stuff as well too. And I just remember starting in the music world. I'm like, I'm going to make it big. I'm going to make it famous. I'm going to be a rock star. You know, I'm going to be torn. I'm going to make a living on music. And then you realize the grind and the hustle. And then you realize that people are only out there for the beer money or they're not making the right choices that they need to make to get to that level. Or you hear a lot of the negativity that people say is, oh, that's a pipe dream. What do you mean you're going to make it as a career musician? There's millions of musicians and there's only a select few that make it. Or what do you mean? There's a million podcasts out there. You're never going to stand out enough to be a podcaster. That's a pipe dream. You need to live in the now you need to live in the real world as everybody likes to say and that this is where you got to be stuck because this is the known path i actually had somebody say that to me by the way i believe it yeah i i I, I won't won't mention their name but somebody legit in music why you bother even bothering starting a podcast there's millions of podcasts out there everyone can do it yeah but not everyone can do it the way i do it (laughs) (laughs) And that's, and that's the big takeaway is passion. You know, people look at passion projects and they say, oh, it's just a passion. I don't want it to be a job, but guess what? When you do something, this for me, podcasting is a passion. I 
yearn for this. I mean, Ryan can preach how much time, how many times I text them in a 24 hour period (laughs) (laughs) on just X, Y, and Z. But it's that passion. It's showing your son that they're going to have choices outside of what the real world says is going to be out there. You have those choices. And one of my favorite podcasters, JLD, John Lee Dumas, he uses the acronym FOCUS. Follow one course until it's success. And a lot of people, they get to a certain point and they stop that because they see the grind. They see how hard it is. And they just cower back up and say, I'm going back to the real world. This is never going to happen. When if they just pushed a little bit harder and moved that barrier another inch, another foot, the world could have opened up. So just remember that, guys, when you listen to Chris's story there, follow your passions. If if it's something you're adamant about and you know you can do something great, go out there and just focus. Follow that course until it's success. Yeah, do what makes you happy. The more happy that you Mm -hmm. are, the more your child will be happy. Their energy is going to reflect directly off of you. Yep, absolutely. In terms, and in terms of real world, man, we it is in the real world to to believe in yourself, to push for your dreams, man. It's the real world, but it's the modern world, and that's the point of this podcast, right? It's breaking the stigmas of you know fatherhood and being you know okay, I have to be you know, that nine to five guy now because I'm a dad. Well, it might have been that way 20 years ago, but we have more options now. Uh, We're more aware. We're more able to have the support. We have support from other people like me to you guys, you know, being on this podcast, talking about dad stuff. We have the support to do these things while still working a job, still putting in the family time, And it's like, well, how do you find that time? You know, if you work all the time, you work on the road and you make music and, you know, do all this stuff. It's like, no, you just do. You You know, I realized that before I had a baby, like I was like, I'm not going to sleep for the rest of my life. (laughs) Like, so I'm just like, whatever I can fit into a 24 hour period, I'm doing it. If I have to work 15 hours and then I come home, And I get to see Leo for, you know, a half an hour, you know, before he goes to bed, that is going to be the most active, energized half hour of my day. He needs it. And he, I expect that from myself to just jump on the floor and go, you know, once he goes to bed, you know, then I can, you know, spend time with my fiance. I can focus on my hobbies like music and writing and making connections for those things you know, and then, you know, by midnight, maybe I should get a couple hours of sleep or, you know, eat some food or something, you know, make some time for myself. But no, man, I think more people need to not be scared of, of making those choices for themselves to, you know, get out of a job that makes them unhappy or chase that thing that people might not exactly think is the right thing to do. There's not, there's never going to be a lot of people's you know, that are going to support you as a dad quitting your job and chasing your dreams. But you know what, if you feel that's what's right in your heart to do, and you believe in yourself, and you're doing it for the right reasons, why not? Absolutely. Why not? Why not try to make the best life for yourself and your family that you can? I preach. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's 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 the best word I have for that. (laughs) Preach all day. 
preach your passions, preach them to the world. That's the only way people are going to hear you. Mm-hmm. Since we're here on a form of media that opens up to the world, is there anything that you want our listeners to know about as far as you know, what you're doing in music and you want to plug uh, where they can find it, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. I just had a, a new song drop on all the major streaming platforms today. Actually, that song is called Dwell. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, all of those streaming platforms, as well as YouTube. That's what I'm working on right now. I'm going under the name Viva Castillo, which <laughs> Castillo is my last name. Viva, for those who don't know, is Spanish for long live. So it's all part of me building this family empire that I'm building and still trying to chase my dreams. That's why I went with the name Viva Castillo um, because, you know, it's it's family first for me. It's everything else later. I would love to build the best life possible for me and my family. But yeah, songs available on all streaming platforms, wherever you listen to music, you can find it. Check it out. I know you've already touched on this actually a lot uh, right before I you know, asked you for a plug for something. You know, what, what is really the main thing you want our audience to take away from this? Um, if you had anything to say, what, what would that be? Work your ass off. Literally, that's like the best thing that you can do for yourself and your family is give it 100% all the time. You know, whatever anybody else has to say about you or your parenting style, if you're confident in it, you feel good about it, then at the end of the day, you can sleep soundly knowing that you did your best that day. You did your best that week. You know, you did that best, the best that you could for the first 19 months of, you know, your child's life. Just work hard, persevere. There's so many things that happen on a daily basis that you just can't plan for. And you have to learn to just be ready for anything because you just never know. So there you go, guys. There's your takeaway. Put in your reps. Work your ass off. Build that legacy for you and your family. Go out there and just crush it. Imperfect action is a hell of a lot better than perfect inaction. Just go out and do it. Fall forward on your face. Remember that there are no failures, all successes, and you're going to thrive. You're going to motivate, accelerate, and dominate your life. Chris, to wrap all this up, what in your own words does it mean for you to be a fearless father? Taking every challenge with open arms. That's being a fearless father. I love it. Nothing has been better said in such few words on yeah. that question than right now. That is an absolutely beautiful, simplistic way to say that. And I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Take every challenge with open arms. I'm not even going to touch any more on that because that that's absolute gold. So I want to thank Chris Castillo, Viva Castillo, for hitting us up on the mic today here, letting us pick his brain on what it means for him to be a fearless father. Chris, thank you so much from the bottom of Ryan and I's heart for joining us today. Thank you so much, guys. This was seriously awesome. I feel like I feel like we've talked before. I feel like we've known each other for a long time. This was awesome. Yeah, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I know I say this every time I, I end up on one of these interviews. It always surprises me about how amazing uh, people are. And, you know, you, you know, you got to put yourself out there. And I think that's the message you're, you're really trying to convey. And I think that your family is, 
incredibly lucky to have you because you're a really amazing person just from your attitude, the way you handle fatherhood. I think you're going to do just phenomenal. And you really are truly fearless because you go into every situation with a positive attitude and a positive mindset. And that's really the name of the game. That's the message we're trying to convey. Thanks. I really appreciate that, though. Seriously. I mean everything, too. Yeah. You, you, 100%. It's, yeah. Yeah, you're 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 fucking great guy. You keep doing good work. <laughs> Thanks, man. I will. You guys too. I can't wait to uh see what you guys keep doing. You know, I'm following the podcast pretty close now. Appreciate that. That yeah, all that always means the world. Hell always yeah. means the world. Absolutely. At least at least Ryan and I know we're doing something right besides our belittling anxiety that we have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is awesome. Like I said, like before we started, like it's so cool to just be able to talk with other dads you know, on this level like this. And yeah. besides it just being a podcast, it just, it just felt like, you know, a great conversation. Well, that's what we try and strive for. So you're a part of the family. Now you've always yep. been a part of our family now we and thank forever. You now and forever. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so I want to thank you guys for listening to today. I hope you took something out of this because Chris, dropped an absolute ton of knowledge whatever resonated with you take it throw the rest out start building your life start making those small shifts and really become fearless and embrace who you are don't falter don't let your failures define who you are take those successes and run with them you know you're the best of who you are if you love what we do and you want to support us any way you can you can check out everything now on our new fancy website Ryan, did you know we had a website? I had heard. We have a new website. You could find everything there. You could find our merch store. You could find our Patreon. You could find past episodes. You could find who the hell Ryan and I both are and put faces to the names. You could find all of that and a little bit more. Fearlessfathers.net. Check it out today. Support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. It's going to go a long way in building this community in building this movement that is breaking the stigma of fatherhood. Your children learn and grow every single day. Just because you're an adult does not mean you can't do the same, guys. We are in this fight one step at a time, one day at a time. Continue putting in your reps, continue growing, and continue becoming fearless. And together, we're going to embrace the fear. Always. Always.